when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Cork Today with J.P. McNamara on C103. And good morning, lines open, 1850-333-103. Bernie takes your calls and comments this morning. You can always text or WhatsApp 0862103103. Uh, you can tweet us at C103Cork or email across the morning, jp at c103.ie. Ahead on the show, we're going to hear about the nurses' strike that's going to take place towards the end of this month, even though a lot of people think it's to do with pay, and it is to do with pay in a way, but a lot of nurses have come out and say conditions are a big factor, and indeed the quality of life the leaving search we've all done it but the majority now feel and agree on a change on the way we teach and deliver the leaving search your view on that I mean when you go to college if you were lucky enough to go to college a lot of us will realise that that our marks or grades may have been higher because of continuous assessments which means college year it's broken down to semesters. So you might have three or four months in that particular semester. You're judged in or you're learning on just that three or four particular months. And then there's various projects that you do across the year, which also add to your marks. So it does make it easier for those studying because with the leaving start at the moment, you're really looking at books and trying to learn everything from a particular book. And that can be over a two year period. And then everything you learn over that particular six years, you're jamming it all into one particular exam towards the end of your schooling year whereas if we had that particular system of examining everybody for maybe the last two years of the Leaving Cert run every three to four months rather than everybody learning now it suits some students but some don't and will we have a better academic year and will we have people who cannot get into college place or even get access to a college because of the way we currently do the Leaving Cert would they have access to colleges because of the fact that they can and will have a better opportunity to learn and retain information I suppose is the big thing rather than the current system anyhow your thoughts on that love to know maybe you're one of those uh, who doesn't find it easy to retain information the way the current leaving search is and should we just change it to a more college model would that make it easier and then when you go to college you're used to that kind of model so it should make it a lot easier and maybe we might get higher marks then uh, for those who enter third level anyhow your views on that are welcome on the leaving search if you are doing the leaving search uh, maybe you're off and studying like some schools are having the pre's earlier this year than other years uh, but maybe your son and daughter is doing the leaving search let us know 18 5333103. Also, towards the end of last year, we got significant news for the McCroom and Lee Valley area uh, that the tender has been issued for the long awaited McCroom bypass, which will change uh, for commuters, especially changing the way that they will get to and from either McCroom, the Lee Valley, or Ballymakira, Ballyvorney, or Killarney, or wherever. Now, that's all very well to say the tender has been issued, but what does that actually mean, especially to those? 
on the ground in McCroom and those living in the area. We'll discuss that this morning. We also, over the last few years, have had a lot, a lot of new political parties and some have gone, some have remained. But former Sinn Féin deputy Padre Tobin, who was still a TD for Meath East, he is looking to start a new party aimed at Irish unity and economic justice. We'll chat with him ahead of a public meeting in Banning College tomorrow night as he engages from the Cork public on what exactly people want from a new political party and indeed if they do want Irish unity and economic justice. We're also going to hear concerns from farming groups about TB outbreaks on farms in Mid and North Cork. Also going to speak with the Friends of Skibbereen Hospital, fundraising for a bus. We'll hear why they are doing that. And a lot of calls yesterday. First of all, people inquiring what others thought of Tourist Nua. This is the agency. If you're on Job Seekers, they basically try to get you off Job Seekers. They will put you on a course or indeed they will try and seek suitable employment for you. But many felt that when they went to Tourist New and they had no choice but to go to them. Some of the courses they were on weren't a benefit to them and some of the jobs that they were going for or being put into were not suitable. And they had to question Tourist New. Well, just today in the papers, there is new information and new spending money coming to us on how much the government is spending on Tourist New. We'll discuss that very shortly on the programme. Your thoughts and comments are welcome if you are in that situation on job seekers and have been forced to do certain courses, which like many yesterday feel it doesn't benefit them and many still seeking a job. Some found themselves getting a job outside of Tourist New or any help from them. Anyhow, we'll get to that shortly on the programme. That and more to come between now and one. And as always, your calls and comments are welcome. We can call Bernie 1850 333103. It's been exceptionally busy uh, in recent days and especially for the first week of the new year. Over 1,344 patients presented to them for review and treatment, but there is restrictions in place. If you are visiting loved ones in CUH, uh, the advice is contact them first uh, in CUH just regarding those visiting restrictions in various wards there in that particular hospital. And also, uh, we got inquiries about Bantry Hospital uh, regarding flu. And I can tell you, we did contact Bantry Hospital and they tell us the high dependency unit is closed in Bantry Hospital due to a query of flu. But visitors are welcome to other areas of the hospital. So no major restrictions in Bantry as yet, apart from the high dependency unit. uh, But the other areas of the hospital are welcome to visitors. Again, though, if you are going to CUH visiting someone, I would make contact with them first uh, just to see what the situation is with the various wards there uh, within CUH. Now speaking of hospitals and nurses they are due to strike on the 30th of January. Over 37,000 nurses will strike on that particular day and that's an escalation about what has happened over the last while their pay dispute with the government, the INMO union. They say that if the issues aren't resolved there will be further 
24-hour strikes and they will continue into February and by the looks of it it will continue into the first and second week of February the action is being taken because of nurses claim that they are on low pay uh, but also the level of working hours and the long working hours nurses are doing at the moment and the high level of assaults and difficulties in keeping them in this particular country they want a 12% increase in pay to bring them in line with other health professionals but the Health Minister Simon Harris says that he doesn't believe the industrial action is warranted and he feels that these could be avoided with talks with the union in question. Well, just an example of what nurses are saying and how they feel. One nurse spoke to our reporter earlier on yesterday, well, it was actually yesterday evening uh, when the news was breaking yesterday afternoon regarding what date they were going on strike. And when more emerged yesterday evening, one of our reporters caught up with the nurse, Neve McKeown, and she says that some of her colleagues are already immigrating and leaving Ireland because of working conditions here for nurses. Definitely, and I have friends who I trained with um, who have, after a few years here in health service, have decided to, to go elsewhere across to other countries whereby the pay is better and as a result the pay is better but most importantly the conditions whereby people and the staffing levels is what's key and that is better there and so why not I can understand why nurses do that So again working conditions seem to be a big aspect of this as well outside of the whole pay dispute a lot of nurses when you speak to them like me of their working conditions long hours and the better quality of life is what they also want outside of any pay increase and you would you have to agree with nurses on that regardless what you think of pay or not their conditions from what they are saying and what you can see within hospitals isn't ideal uh, but then looking for a 12% pay increase uh, is that justified? Your views on that? Can the government afford this? 1850 and uh, to looking at mental health for the moment because uh, Beverly Callard who is well known for playing Liz in the soap Coronation Street she has warned her fellow celebrities to avoid brandishing mental illness like a Gucci handbag the Corey actress who has come out over the last few months and has said that she suffers from depression has said there's a danger it could become fashionable to claim to have such conditions. She fears some stars may try to jump on the mental health bandwagon uh, when they are simply just having a bad day. Uh, Liz MacDonald, of course, well popular to many uh, on the soap Coronation Street, but her uh, real character, Beverly, has said that mental illness is a very dark place and it takes a great deal of strength to ask for help in the first place. Uh, so that's uh, something worth to think about. I th- when, you, when you look at so many cases of mental health illnesses across the country and so many people who suffer uh, from mental health, and it would be sad to think that somebody out there who is maybe a celebrity or not jumps on the bandwagon just to get a name for themselves or to keep themselves in the press anyhow uh, advice there and maybe good advice because she's been through it from a Beverly Callard who does play uh, Liz MacDonald in Coronation Street and also best of luck to all the Cork schools they are taking part in the Young Scientist and Technology Exhibition kicking off today in Dublin now a lot of calls in about Tourist Nua and a lot of comments we didn't get to on yesterday's show on various issues including the issue of taxi fares. We'll get to those though across the morning. I must go to discuss the Leaving Cert though because I know our guest is in a hurry. Uh, so we'll get to that next. Your views on the Leaving Cert. Uh, your, should they be changed? Should it be the way it is? Or do you think a new model of judging and examining students on semester, maybe judging them every three to four months, is that the way to go? Would we be giving more students a chance then to enter third level 
and get better job prospects out of that your views are welcome 1850-333-103 text or WhatsApp 086-2103-103 discussing that next Record today on C103 Call Patricia with your comment 1850-333-103 It seems at this stage nearly everyone is agreed that the Leaving Cert needs a change many students feel it doesn't reflect them and their capabilities well Kieran Golden is President of the National Association of Principals and Deputy Principals also is Principal of Mayfield Community School and joins me. Good morning to you, Kieran. Good morning, John Paul. How are you? I'm Grant and thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, would you agree, first of all, that something needs to change with the Leaving Cert, expecting people to remember something for over a two-year period? It doesn't suit every particular student. Yeah, the, 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 Leaving, Cert, the Leaving Cert is an objective exam and has a lot of credibility. And many people would feel it as being fair and highly regarded. However, in APD, which is the representative body for principals and deputies in our secondary schools, we've just published a report, Senior Cycle Reform, What Do You Want? And that report uh, gets the detailed views from students themselves, parents, teachers, principals, teachers, employers. And what they're saying to us very loudly and very clearly, John Paul, is that 78% of our students uh, do not believe that the Leaving Cert is adequately preparing them for third-level education. And that increases to a whopping 93% who do not believe that the Leaving Cert prepares them for, for, for working life. And and the part that the part then that sort of stops in your tracks is only 4% feel that the Leaving Cert is fair and accurate assessments of their, of their knowledge and their skills. So when we're hearing figures like that, John Paul, I think there's an onus on us collectively to, 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 to have start a conversation and to continue the conversation. No, because if you think about it, you have a situation sure. whereby you have students who were in there studying and a lot of it is retaining information and you're judged then on basically how much you can remember. You can, you can only retain so much and you can have the best student in the world, but it will suit some and not others. Yeah. Uh, whereas right. in college yeah. then, when people go to college, they seem to be getting higher marks than they would have in the Leaving Cert because you're doing it on a semestral basis whereby you're That's studying right, for yeah. three or four months. So surely yep. something like that could be implemented. Indeed, because when you think, what, what kind of people, what kind of young people do we want coming out in 2018 and 2020 as we approach the centenary of our, the, the establishment of our state? We want balanced, knowledgeable, well-rounded young people. And when we think about our lives, John Paul, ourselves, in our own lives, you know, what, what, what do we want from our students? The idea of students applying knowledge and skills in different kinds of contexts, um, continuing their own personal development, building them towards diverse futures, different futures, and hoping that our students contribute to full participation. So what we're looking for, what the NAPD is asking for is, rather than just the terminal examination, by all means, still have your written paper at the end of the two years, but let's start considering more practical assessment as part of the Leaving Cert. And what we mean by that, John Paul, is over the two years, not the end of the two years, but over the two years, uh, consideration of things like interviews, portfolio work, projects, presentations. But of course, what that then means, John Paul, is increased resources to, 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 to make that happen. Um, but we would, still, we would still feel very strongly that its introduction must be prioritised, that it's not just the terminal written two or three or written paper at the end at the end of sixth year that there's that there's more practical assessments uh, introduced throughout the two year period 
One thing that was concerning when the junior search was being reformed, this was teachers correcting their own students' papers and teachers themselves, rightly so, were concerned because mm. you could have a situation of being accused that you favoured one student or another and they would prefer to have a situation currently where other teachers in different schools will correct the exams. If that was to happen here, if we did go down yeah. a route of reform, is that something you would argue for outside of the resources for extra work like preparing projects and indeed portfolios? Would you rather have, again, the situation we are in with teachers elsewhere correcting students so you don't land yourself in the drama and the controversial uh, situation we had with the junior search? Yeah, that, that's a great question, John Paul. And it's interesting, again, when you, when you read the report and you hear the voice of the student, right, the students themselves like the idea of teachers um, being part of the assessment over the two years. They like that idea. Up to 67% of them were suggesting that. However, when you drill further into the report then, John Paul, 78% of the students are saying that they wouldn't like their own teachers to be correcting, mm. their, correcting their scripts. So they like the idea of other teachers marking their scripts over the two years, but they're not really convinced about their own teachers. And it's many of the students very respectfully suggest just in case, you know, just in case there might be any dangers of bias or, um, you know, they, they just have outside concerns around that. Teachers, um, teachers, parents themselves, parents are actually very divided on the issue, John Paul. Um, it's, it's almost split 49%, 51% in terms of getting teachers involved in, 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 marking, in marking, their own, marking their own students over the, over the two years. But we certainly need to start a conversation around what's best for our students and what's going to best serve their needs um, and, what, and, and the kinds of young people that we want to cope and thrive in what we all now know is an environment of very rapid change. And we keep hearing from the universities and you're quoting stats there what the students want. Universities have come out and they've noticed in time the results from certain universities wouldn't be as high as a number of years ago. So if this was the reform, you would hope anyhow that you would have higher results at a leaving cert level and secondary school level for those to enter third level if they wish to do that. But also with a similar system in secondary schools then to what they have in third level, they should do better in third level and that should increase results then in third level as well, which will hopefully give them better prospects into the future for jobs and, and whatnot. I think again, John Paul, th- th- that conversation is worth pursuing further in the idea that while many of our students, like approximately 60 per- 60% or so of our students are graduating third level, there are many students for whom the Leaving Cert is not about getting into third level. And I really need, we, we really need to, we, our, our current senior cycle must be inclusive of all our students, of all our young adults, um, including our young people who go directly to the world of work. Um, including those students with additional educational needs, um, including those students with English as an additional language, including those students from minority backgrounds and, and those who experience educational and social disadvantage. And certainly one of the strong recommendations from the report, from, from the NAPD report, is that there would be specific allocated funding uh, provided for um, supporting traineeships and apprenticeships. And when you consider, John Paul, uh, in 2010, there was approximately maybe 10,500 young people in apprenticeships. In 2018, that's increased by 24%, uh, with close on 13,000 experiencing the learn and earn option. So NEPD would really um, support and encourage the idea that while certainly leaving Sartre's transition to, to third level, there's also significant and a very important significant cohort of students who will be going directly into the world of work, who will be directly going into traineeships and apprenticeships, and when you consider now, John Paul, uh, in my time, 
a long, long time ago to my ceasing cert, people have maybe had a very sort of narrow view of apprenticeships. That whole apprenticeship model now has opened up exponentially and is a very exciting option for, for, for many of our students as well. Yeah, and they should be catered for as well uh, amongst Absolutely. those who just want to Absolutely. go to college. Just speaking on the third level and leaving school, do we feel that maybe going to college turns some students off with the whole CEO application? Does that need to be looked at as well when we're discussing reform of the leaving cert? Do we need to look at the point system? And Maybe there is people out there who feel that they're not qualified enough in their minds to go to college, especially from disadvantaged areas, and they feel, no, I can't go because the point system I know from my day, which a lot of people off. That must be yeah. said in some mind frame of some students. I'm sure you see there as well, where you teach. It, it, it is indeed. I mean, we, we become very, very obsessed with the point system, and and uh, it, it becomes it, it can become very, very significant for, for 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 many, many students. And yet, there are so many options now, and there are so many other options uh, for students after post leaving cert. Uh, be it in the whole growth area, PLC, FE colleges. Uh, it's not just, and, and, and while going to university and, 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 and the third level is a very important and a very worthwhile option for many, many of our students, there are other options as well. There are, and there are other options for our students. And, and, and very often as well, like we, what we would strongly suggest as well, say, the results this year are coming out on a, on, on a Tuesday in August, Tuesday or Wednesday in August. Our students have to wait until the following Monday, those students who are getting the CEO results to find out what courses they actually get. That's an awful long, that's a very, very long time lag for people waiting for results. And and we talk a lot about well-being and people's stress levels. That's certainly not good for any students and at a very difficult time for students and their families uh, in that time lag between getting the results on the Wednesday in August and having to wait until the following Monday to find out uh, whether or not they've, they've they've got their place, JP. So with your research now there, Kieran, that you've come mm. uh, come out with, uh, how, what will happen with this? Are you going to bring this to the Department of Education? Because I think overall people yeah. do want a conversation on changing the Leaving Cert. And I mean, what you've yeah. done there is you've gone to the source, to the parents, the teachers, That's and right. indeed the students who are the ones who yeah. will be completing all of this together. Uh, can reform happen? And do you think the government are willing for reform to happen for the Leaving Cert at this stage? It can. It, it, it certainly can, and it must. It must. Uh, and as, as, as you said, JP, and rightly said, we're, 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 we've gone straight to the voice, the voice of the student, who's, who's the most critical, who's, who's, who's essential in all of this. And when four percent feel that the, that, that the, only four percent of them feel that the leaving cert is a fair and accurate assessment of their knowledge and skills, that's something that you can't really ignore. And NAPD certainly is continuing the conversation. The conversation is open. Uh, the review continues, and ideas w- are still emerging. And where we'd like to see this go is just three things very briefly, very briefly. One is the establishment of a new senior cycle reform forum, uh, which invites all the various stakeholders uh, to, to come with their ideas around senior cycle and report that, that back to the minister. Uh, secondly, the idea of the inclusion of practical assessments as part of the lead certificate examination, kind of things I spoke about, JP, interviews, portfolio assessment, presentations and projects. And finally, then, that there's specific specific allocated funding uh, provided for uh, towards traineeships and apprenticeships, that by all means, the Leaving Cert is an important exam, but it's a transition to university, third level, further education, and other areas such as the world of work, trainees, traineeships and apprenticeships. 
exciting yeah. times John Paul it, it is and I think a lot of people would agree with you there and we are in a changing world as well when it comes to workplaces and universities for the moment uh, thank you for taking time out Kieran, from your busy schedule there this morning Good to chat with you. us uh, that's Kieran Golden there who's principal of Mayfield Community School on the city north side but also president of the National Association of Principals and Deputy Principals and thanks for him for joining us this morning on that what do you make do you think it should be reformed uh, many people a lot of us have done the leaving search but are they correct now at this stage it does need to change to get more people into traineeships get used to workplaces or indeed just for people in general just to make it outside of secondary school and given the option to enter third level it would be easier with a semestral type of system like they do in third level rather than everybody expected to learn everything and know it within two years for some students it does work for others retaining information doesn't work and he did mention there uh, regarding the issue of traineeships and Heidi mentioning that here on WhatsApp saying going to college or university is okay but schools need to take children to see factories office building sites because if we don't have bricklayers plastic plumbers or electricians that then no house uh, will be built no pipes will be laid no lights and the list goes on and on it is okay for children to see alternative work in place says Heidi and that's something as well that the, uh, Kieran was aligned to there that we should be looking at traineeships more and more and other areas outside of universities the whole time which a lot of people is, are right to go to college or university but it does not suit all and that there is other offerings there as well Heidi thank you for your WhatsApp to 0862103103. A lot of reaction to the nurses and the nurses going on strike. I'll get to a lot of your comments later in the programme. Just one here from Mary, though, who says, JP, instead of the government throwing money away, changing names of hospitals, etc., why can't they just pay a decent wage to medical staff, says Mary, while Nula saying her grandniece is an actual nurse. She's only starting out and she will be going either to London or maybe the UAE, either Abu Dhabi or Dubai for nursing because, first of all, of the conditions she works here. She is overworked she can be working well over her a lot of time uh, some days working 18 hour days and back in again the next morning for work uh, she gets very tired and worried about making mistakes as are her other colleagues all because they are overworked and then the conditions they're working on and working in overcrowding etc yes pay of course is also an issue but I think Nula says a lot of nurses are more worried about the conditions than pay but obviously they do want extra pay as well for what they're working in and that's why like Nula's grannies and so many others why they are all moving and deciding to locate to other countries because apart from the pay being better the conditions are uh, your views are welcome on that I have a lot more comments on the issue of the nurses strike we'll get to those across the morning as well 1850 333 103 text or WhatsApp 0862103103 and towards the end of last year significant news for McCroom and the Lee Valley that a tinder has been issued for the long awaited McCroom bypass how long are we talking about this particular bypass? Well, the tender is issued, but what does that actually mean for those on the ground in McCroom or those that commute uh, to work in that particular area? We'll discuss that next. You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Cork Today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 103. Just before Christmas, significant news came to those in the Mid Cork and Lee Valley area with the issuing of a tender for the long awaited McCroom bypass. But what does this actually mean for the town of McCroom? Well, Councillor Ted Loosely joins me. He contacted us before Christmas about this. Uh, good morning to you, Ted. 
Morning, John Paul. Happy New Year to you. And many happy returns. I'm sure this is welcome news for those in the area after so many promises over the years. But does this ensure everything is in place to go ahead this time around? Yeah, well, look, you know, it's a long time coming, as you said, and um, I think this is the, the, you know, the final hurdle. Um, yeah, it's gone out to Tinder. Um, there was pre-Tinder early in the year, and um, companies tendered into that pre-Tinder, and there are four main contractors picked out that pre-Tinders to, uh, to Tinder for this main Tinder, and they must be back by May, and they're hoping to go to construction and the bypass in September, early October. And that's that this year people will see the diggers in force and the equipment there ready to start building the bypass. Yes, that's, that's, uh, that's what Sean O'Neill, he was one of the head guys in DTI. Mm. Uh, no, I suppose up a month or two can vary either way, but that's the expectation that uh, that it will go to, to contract or work will begin this year in, in September, October. Now, people who travel in the area would have seen the fencing up as you travel the Coolihan Road. This is a road used by a lot of people who try to avoid the traffic in the main centre of McCroom and indeed in outlying areas of McCroom they would have seen fencing going up. Uh, that was all part of the pretender, I'm sure. Uh, if the bypass, uh, which is, as you say, due for construction later this year, there's a lot of work in that, Ted, because outside of what they've done there... Uh, they have to build so many bridges. Have they got the exact route marked out at this stage now? They have a route here marked out. We actually look for a map. Actually, we didn't get it yet, but of an exact an exact map. But there is 20 bridges involved in the whole um, project. And I suppose due to nature of the lot of the ground is very rocky and high rock, it will be, you know, it will be, I suppose, a hard, a hard dig in places. But, you know, they're adamant that will be a three-year contract uh, that they should be out within three years maybe a small bit over it so um, there is a lot of a lot, a lot of work and a lot of hard work to go through but you know I suppose nowadays there's such big machinery in the ways of doing it that you know they're very confident that they can get it done in that time frame So they reckon it's 2019 now by 2021-2022 the McCroom Bypass could actually be in place and open and that they are okay dealing with building 20 bridges and dealing with a lot of rock and marshy land as well in that particular area. Uh, Where does it start from? Do we know the start of the particular bypass? Cool Coral, just beyond the petrol station there on Cool Coral. It's coming in there from off off the main cock route and it's carrying on then over uh, just at the start of the county bounds as you go up to the start of the county bounds heading to Killarney to come out there on the right hand side So it, it will bypass also Ballyvorney and Ballymakira It will yeah and there'll be a link road coming to McCroom down the Mill Street Road office and I think there's another link road uh, just before you went to Ballymona coming off it as well for the North Cleaner Quantum from the village And is there plans in the future then to extend it maybe as far as Lizarda and have the bypass starting there which will avoid uh, travelling through that narrow part of the road before you get McCroom near the, the, the water and the lakes there Yeah there's a plan there will, there's an old corridor in place from there where you're talking with from where the bypass will start the McCroom to continue on out in Tovum but look um, I think that's a long ways off and but it certainly would be the next phase and to be looked uh, I think it should be looked at now once the McCombe side was starting because uh, traffic in the morning is going out there as you know so the travel it can be very very piled up once you you know hit farm ends on it can be a very backlog there as well you know or coming to McCombe from coming you know to McCombe from Cork it can be very piled up as well 
Lost and the thing work. is, and I'm sure you've seen this, Ted, as well, people now are commuting a lot more, not only from the McCroom or Ballyvorney side, but also from Killarney. There's people who work in Cork City and will commute up and down from Killarney every day and they're adding to the traffic and a lot of people in the area will hear and be aware that from 5.30 or even from 5am the traffic is on the road. You can hear that and evidently see that in McCroom Town itself and that's the same for other areas. A lot of texts in on this. First of all, we discussed this when we thought we had good news a few years ago and everything was delayed because of the Kerry slug. Are all those issues dealt with? I know they found various sites while they were digging still and, and looking at the particular route over the last year. Is everything now dealt with that nothing can stop the construction if they come across something else or have they everything marked out now at this stage? Yeah, well, we're told everything, <coughs> everything is in place to deal and, and the Kerry slug, uh, as you spoke about, yeah, there's a in place to deal with that. And, and you know, I think they did a lot of digging Articological research and all that, and I think everything, you know, they're happy that everything is. And I think there's also a plan in place if any other thing comes or crops up that it won't delay the, you know, the, the second work alongside the or something. And some towns, Ted, that have got bypasses over the years, they welcome that. I mean, it's obvious that McCroom does need a bypass with the level of traffic going through the town for safety and other reasons. But is there a fear that it could take business away from the town or even take the buzz away of the town with less traffic in the area? Yeah, well, that is a fear to some business people in town at the moment, and and I suppose over the years it's a fear to them. But look, uh, I suppose the town is you know cramped and killed from so much traffic going through that if you're in coming from the Cork side and you're twenty minutes for or half an hour for you get to the central town, you certainly want to keep going and get out, but you don't want to stop and face and maybe another you know two minutes to the corner trying to get out. With. So I think that um, it's very positive news to bypass Macroom, and I think the town will flourish, housing wise, and I think the main thing for us as public reps to work with the business people and have a, pa- a plan in place when the bypass is, is, is up and running that, you know, that we'll be able to draw people into the town and uh, I think that it, I think the town will really, really benefit from the whole thing. And have signposts uh, aiming at yeah. what is available in the town and promote the area. And there has been a lot of tourist work as well going on there in the last while, promoting the general Lee Valley area. So hopefully that will benefit for you, for you guys out there as well. And very finally, you mentioned business there and the fear they may have. Uh, just looking over the last number, after the last year, I suppose in particular, but over the last number of years, uh, another recently established business in McCroom uh, set to close shortly. Are, are you looking at McCroom as a business option and seeing a lot of businesses, especially businesses who were there for a long, long time and are just shutting their doors? I mean, is it a sign of a changing of the times with consumer habits or that type of thing? Or are you concerned as a McCroom person about long established businesses who are closing slowly over the last number of years? Well, I think the problem is, look, you know, I think McCroom is a great town and has great potential, but I suppose there is some businesses, you know, and their time do come and they close and it's their family home. So they live there and live out their life there and, you know, when they're, you know, they don't, you know, when they come of age, they want to stay there and live there. So they don't want to rent it out or sell it on because that's their home as well. And I'd say, you know, that you can understand that side of it too. But um, look, there is, some, like every town, this place is closing, but there's places opening as well. Um, you know, now and then I see a good few sale agreed and stall signs up in a few of the places in town. So, I'd be hoping, you know, in the next few months again, some places will open up, but no doubt, look, um, traffic and everything. We've, like, if you're living in Lacerda or living in, in Balavone, you've got a clown, you've got a Balancholic before you come into Macomb shopping. Yeah, and I have heard that. I have heard that from people who who have openly said that they prefer, or it's easier to go to Clarny or indeed Balancholic. You're yeah. hopeful with the bypass, this will change and bring more business in. Well, some 
there's a big shopping down McCroom now. You're going down, you know, into the well, the bigger stores, with the Aldi's and Dunn's. I buy it for the grocery shopping people. Are, you know, they're fierce busy lot there because they like coming to McCroom, but they feel like that they can come in easier of a Sunday and go home again. It can be coming in a week then. I think that that's all positive news for the bypass when incumbent. But, you know, people will come back into McCroom. Well, Ted, we'll wait and see what happens over the uh, course of the next uh, few years. Uh, hopefully, by the end of this year, we will see construction underway, and more importantly, that they will meet that particular three-year mark and, and have everything completed. It will be a benefit to a lot of people in the area, but also we'll see the change that it will make to McCroom. Uh, so I'm sure we'll be discussing the, the the length of that particular progress over the next uh, three years. For the moment, Ted, uh, thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks, John Paul. Thank you very much. Uh, Councillor Ted Lucy there joining us from McCroom. Do you welcome that? Are you concerned? What's your view on the McCroom bypass? Many uh, feel at this stage that it is needed and will be a benefit to the area. Your views on that? Maybe you're a regular commuter uh, or indeed you use the road on a frequent basis. Whatever it is, let us know. 1850 And hi to a texter who says, would you be able to call out the addresses to send the used Christmas cards to please? Yes, if you have Christmas cards in your house and you're looking to send them somewhere, where you're going to recycle them while well, there is places to do take used Christmas cards and one of those is Chocnalina which is based in Formoy and what they do is with the children there in Chocnalina they use them for arts and crafts and they'll take all types of cards by the way not only Christmas but birthday or anniversary cards as well so if you want to post it to them you can do that you can post to Chocnalina at the VEC Education Centre College Road in Formoy and also uh, Sally Daly collects them as well she uses them for various um, uh, items over the year she makes cards as well uh, with the scenes from the Christmas cards so you can post them as well to Sally Daly and she's in the Baltimore Road in Skibbereen so if you're wondering what to do with your used Christmas cards there you go you can post them to either of those addresses in Skibbereen or Formoy and we have those on file here if you want to get in contact with us a lot of calls in on the leaving service the reform that should happen and also the nurses we'll get to those shortly keep your calls and comments coming 1850 333 103 or indeed text or WhatsApp 0862103103 Your lines are open on this Wednesday morning 1850-333-103 and in news this morning we are hearing about that nurses strike which is going to take place now at the end of this particular month a lot of people have mixed views and we heard from nurses earlier in the show who uh, pay is one thing, but it seems terms and conditions and the way they are treated within hospitals is a bigger issue for a lot of nurses. Yes, they are concerned about the pay, uh, but it's the quality of life and the working conditions is why so many nurses are leaving Ireland to work in the UK or also in Abu Dhabi or Dubai or those countries. And the pay also might be better there. And yeah, pay is an issue. They're not denying that, but quality of life it seems to be a bigger issue because they are overworked in hospitals, working longer than the shifts they should be on, working in conditions of overcrowding. And then there's also assaults for those working in many of the A&E departments in our hospitals right across the country. So with all of that, uh, and with the pay then as well, and they're looking at uh, those who left to work elsewhere, they feel there is a better quality of life in other countries and uh, they want that implemented here as well, along with pay. Well, on that, Dan has sent us a WhatsApp regarding the nurses' strike and says, with a slightly different twist to the upcoming nurses' strike and the state of the HSE, will we have a spend within the HSE this year of 16 billion euros? But we know this will probably end up closer to 18 billion euros. When you look at the in 
NHS in the UK and their different scale of services and facilities they provide, they expect the cost to be 26 billion euros. But with a cost saving reducing this to around 20 billion euros and the UK public are then enraged when they are in their emergency department waiting times and their waiting times go up and rise by over four hours. God, they never do here if they have to wait 12 or 13 hours in the A&E. But yeah, you are right. I've seen paper reports then about that, that the public do get enraged when they realise that their uh, waiting times in A&E in the UK rise over four hours. A lot of questions are asked. Dan goes on to say, so with very few improvement programmes and investment visible to those of us outside the HSE, apart from the building of the most expensive hospital ever built in this country, in the most expensive part of the country, and close to the wealthiest segment, of the country's population. I would love to hear from the frontline professionals within the HSE as to where they think the billions of euro are disappearing to in the HSE. The Department of Health don't seem to know and management within the HSE definitely don't know. So where is the taxpayers' money disappearing to? If this was sorted, surely it would be easier to resolve issues like retention and pay for staff. Says Dan on WhatsApp to 0862103103. Well, Dan, you have to agree with you on that there is issues there regarding money and money spent within the HSE but where is it all going to and is it all accounted for and, and if the money is spent apart from the building of hospitals where is it being spent to a lot within the HSE that we speak to who unfortunately can never go public because they work for the HSE they will always say and I think anybody who goes into a hospital or knows the HSE will say there's too many management in place too much admin in place but also too many management and they feel money is going on admin and management and not on frontline staff such as nurses and in doctors and what is needed within those buildings you know the expansion of maybe A&E's the changing of the operation of A&E's money should be invested into that instead of paying high pensions bonuses and salaries to managers within the HSE that's what we have got back over the years when we discussed this particular matter and on that another texter saying it's grand for Simon Harris to say nurses action to receive better conditions and pay is unwarranted yet TDs and ministers didn't even have to ask to get their salaries restored to pre-recession levels. Allegedly, their pay and expenses are set to rise again as a result of TDs not blocking the salary of civil servants that TD salaries are linked to. Nurses or anyone else do not get expenses tax-free to get to their workplace. Dublin is a TD's workplace, as that particular texter. And yeah, they are getting, not too sure about expenses, but I know the wages are due to increase again uh, for TDs, something we are going to discuss on tomorrow's programme. To teachers, what we discussed about the reform of the Leaving Cert and why there should be some reform of the Leaving Cert and the way we have the Leaving Cert. Maybe a lot of people when they even question students a more semesterisation of the Leaving Cert whereby you would have similar to third level you're judged on three or four months of learning also more uh, projects and a lot more uh, portfolio work and that in the Leaving Cert rather than learning everything you get in two years and you have to learn everything for an exam after that particular two years it suits some students but doesn't suit all and could we get a higher amount of people going on to trainee apprenticeships to a third level to better workplaces you know could could we encourage more to get involved in the Leaving Cert if we had a different way of doing it rather than having a system that only suits some students whereby you have to learn everything and after two years you do that big exam 
and you're judged on that one big exam rather than projects are indeed assignments over the two years. Anyhow, we spoke earlier with Kieran Golden, who's principal of Mayfield Community College. And also on that, a lot of texts saying, uh, first of all, a text was saying, Leaving Cert comes in for criticism every now and again. Yet, Leaving Cert results are geared towards getting students into certain targets, for example, teaching. Yet many find that regardless of spending four years qualifying, they have chosen a college course for a hated job. Despite this, it's their existing Living Cert studies that gives many the possibility of getting preferred qualifications. I think they are forced into a narrow third level choice. It's the first year of third level that needs to be revamped, it feels that particular texture. And I would agree with you there. A lot of people go for courses and then when they get into the course, they might not like it. A lot drop out in the first year. There is still a big dropout rate uh, within the first year of college, but also then people realise towards the end that this is not the job they wanted to do. And you have many in a job that they hate, which is awful to think that you could be getting up in the morning and going to work and you hate your job or hate your profession because at the end of the particular day, if you're working, you're working more or less for eight or nine hours a day. Or it could be longer depending on where you work, but the standards, they say eight, nine hours, 10, 12 hours in some jobs. And with that in mind, if you hate your job and hate your profession, then a lot of people will have to go back and retrain again, even though a good point here on this particular text or what we're sending people to college to do and the targets we're setting, it's very narrow and maybe we should widen the gap on professions. That's why uh, speaking to Kieran there, who's a principal and a teacher and knows firsthand what students want, traineeships and that type of thing should be also offered and should be looked at regarding uh, how you go on into third level or how you go on after secondary school without us all looking at various options within the CEO point system. And I think that also the CEO system and all the points that lack, that needs to be changed as well I think as regards how we get on in the first level or in the first year of third level thank you for your text on that and Tim says an absolute shame how could you suggest that our dedicated teachers should do extra work supervising projects without mentioning more pay the idea of teachers correcting junior sub papers in their own school would take away some opportunity from teachers to earn extra money supervising exams and correcting scripts I think the teachers are at fault says Tim they are bad communicators and have no practical experience such as in industry for science subjects or indeed career guidance teachers have ruined Irish every teacher should use some few words of Irish with pride every day uh, feels Tim on text to 086 103 see your issue on the leaving search should it be reformed your views on that do you think they're right to reform it or do you think it should be left the way it is 1850 333 103 maybe you have someone in your household doing the leaving search how are they feeling about it or indeed you're doing it yourself you can always text or whatsapp 086 2103 103 or email jp at c103.ie and also Heidi on text saying all over the news on BBC and Sky at the moment it's about the DUP and no Northern Ireland government I have to ask though are they still being paid and if yes then maybe time to stop it and then get the country back up and running they might actually then go back if they're getting paid Uh, that might be the catalyst to get them back Heidi says Heidi yeah you're right Heidi I think a lot of people I would agree that they are actually being paid. They are being paid for doing nothing, you could say, in one sense. I'm sure they're doing their own constituency work in the various parts of Northern Ireland, but they are being paid. And if that pay was to stop, I'm sure they might be hurried up to get back into Stormont. Well, on that, I do know also, Hadi, that 
I think this was last September. Uh, regarding the pay of the Assembly members, it was to be slashed more than £13,000 in a bid to restore power back in September. I think that actually went ahead, but I don't know how much that would affect the people's wages in their pocket at the end of the month or the end of the year overall. But I know at the end of the month, would a slash of £13,000 made a huge difference to them, uh, depending on the wage they're on there for sitting in Stormont's. And of course, all this is down to the repeated failure to heal the bitter divide that exists between the DUP and Sinn Féin. And until that happens, it's going to be very hard to restore that particular coalition and to restore Stormont and the work of Stormont and uh, the Northern Ireland Assembly. But yeah, I know they did try and I think they did slash uh, some pay of the members, but... Uh, they are still getting paid regardless of them not sitting at Stormont which a lot feel is unfair on those in Northern Ireland a lot in the North also unhappy with their elected reps that are not sitting in Stormont because of that dispute between the DUP and Sinn Féin and outside of all of that I was speaking to journalists that I know in Belfast over the last few days there could be a change coming though with the DUP a lot of rumours going around the North over the last few weeks that Arlene Foster might be leaving her role as the DUP leader. She could be stepping aside. We'll have to wait first to see what happens next week, of course, with Brexit. But after all of that, there's rumours by February she might be stepping aside. And then maybe a new DUP leader, if that was to be enforced, might have a different view and might decide then to talk with Sinn Féin and that could restore the coalition and that could restore then uh, the Assembly in Northern Ireland and also a big time for the North when it comes to Brexit as well but that is something that could be on the cards in February so we'll have to wait and see if Arlene Foster will come or go also a lot in Belfast think that a new DUP leader may uh, not only heal Sinn Féin but they might work better with other parties uh, in the Assembly because when Arlene Foster is asked every time about the situation in the North. She keeps coming back with saying there's only one problem and that's one party and let's call it out that Sinn Féin. That's what she repeatedly says to a lot of the journalists in Belfast and they feel a new DUP leader could change that not only with Sinn Féin but with other parties within the Assembly as well and other groups that meet within that particular Assembly. So we'll have to wait and see if indeed she will stay with the DUP or not. Thank you Heidi for your text on that. 1850 a lot more comments in on various issues. I'll get to them across the course of the show. But I want to bring you something we discussed yesterday. Tourists knew a lot of people on job seekers who are being forced to chat with tourists knew and then there are putting them on courses. And some that contacted us yesterday felt the courses that they were being put on by tourists knew uh, weren't compatible or didn't suit them. And then others were being encouraged to look at work and the jobs they were being told to look at it didn't suit them either. Many felt they got themselves off job seekers by finding their own jobs or their own courses and we're questioning the role of tourists now. Well, in this morning's Irish Independent I came across a piece uh, by Anne-Marie Walsh who's their industry correspondent and she writes that more than 700 people have been on social welfare and on the dole for more than 20 years despite major government efforts to get them back to work. Uh, figures have revealed a total of 8,633 people have been on the live register for more than 10 years. That's representing 4% of the total and out of these over 6,000 have been registered for between 10 and 
and 15 years and a lot of those remain on the particular uh, social welfare lists and the live register and that continues for at least up to 20 years for a lot of those people but the big thing here and this was when Willie O'Dee was asked about this he's the Fianna Fáil spokesperson on social protection he said that it's hard to believe that some people could be on the dole for more than 20 years given the criteria they must be actively seeking work and that's why they have to go to these agencies such as Tourist Nua but also the government has spent a great deal of money, what he says, bringing in private contractors, which he calls Tourist Nua and SeaTech. And wait for this, that the government has spent 70 to 80 million euros on both Tourist Nua and SeaTech. And their main job then is to identify those who are on long-term unemployment and to find them suitable work. But up to 80 million euros spent on Taurus Nua and SeaTech. Uh, basically, in the overall context, it's a small number of people who seem to be going back into employment from this particular group who are still remaining unemployed. And he has urged the Social Protection Minister, Regina Doherty, to ask regional managers in social protection to provide details of people in this category and the interview process that's given to them and the access and indeed what is offered to them if they're on social protection and indeed what happens to them uh, when they reach and go to Tourist Nua. Uh, so a lot of questions regarding that particular agency uh, yesterday and it seems it continues on today uh, with uh, not only the Irish Indo looking into this but also Willie O'Dea and Regina Doherty now the Social Protection Minister being urged to look into uh, the situation there that people basically that we have spoken to who have dealt with Tourist Nua feel that they were being told to, you know, being forced, not forced, but being slowly taken off job seekers, move away from job seekers, but then being offered courses that wasn't suiting them or being told to look at this job and they know damn well that the particular job doesn't suit them either. Uh, so uh, mixed views when it comes to tourist new. Maybe you have been dealing with them. Your views are welcome on that. 1850-333-103 or indeed text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 on Stormont and what's happening there. John says Sinn Féin members, uh, they don't take their seats and they still get paid. Yeah, I mentioned that. Uh, everybody in the assembly is still getting paid regardless what parties are with uh, they are still getting paid thank you for your text John to 0862103103 a lot more commentary coming in I'll get to that shortly C103 Jobs and on today's job spot, we have opportunities for country clean recycling. They require a person with good knowledge of agricultural machinery uh, to operate an indoor stationary baler. Uh, this position is full-time and permanent. You can contact 087-707-8711. And a tractor driver is required for the North Cork area. Contact 086-0655-118. And Cronin Electrical in Bandon required a third or fourth year apprentices. Uh, must be fully qualified also for an electrician with experience in a gate automation okay they want somebody as well qualified with that uh, you can email your details there to accounts at cronanelectrical.com and you'll find these job opportunities and more now if you go to c103.ie forward slash jobs you're listening to Cork Today on replay phone and text lines are currently closed
Court today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. And in between all those particular comments we got on text, can I say hello to Joe and the gang who were tuned to us in Lanzarote this morning. So hello to you guys in Lanzarote and thanks for tuning in to us here to C103 in Lanzarote. Now, uh, we were speaking about the McCroom bypass a few minutes ago with Councillor Ted Lucy and the fact that construction should begin on that particular bypass from the end of this year. And we were on about businesses to McCroom and hopefully with the new bypass, new businesses will open because uh, Ted was saying that those who are living in the Ballyvorney areas are more likely to travel to Killarney and those who were in the Lasarda area may go to Ballincollig uh, because they are in a position where they feel the traffic is too heavy in McCroom and that's why they go to those areas. Well, on that, a uh, texter says here uh, that what McCroom needs is a few new businesses to open up to bring in new people into the town. This person feels that the town is slowly dying. She says, or he says, I know this as I visit McCroom from time to time and I feel there's no variety of shops, cafes or hotels, says that particular Cork City listener. Um, yeah, I believe that that's your view. I mean, I lived in McCroom for a number of years and I found there was a, a huge variety of cafes. There's a lot of cafes on, in the main street and off the main street and uh, there is plenty of shops there in the area as well, but maybe everybody has different tastes. I'm not too sure, but thank you for your text to 0862103103. Now I get back to a lot of comments we have in in the next while but just on, we were speaking there about Stormont and political movement there has been a lot of political movement here as well over the last number of years with people unhappy with political parties, some leaving, setting up their own. We had Renewa, then the Social Democrats did a play and looks like growing across the country at the moment but there's no call for another new party. Pater Tobin is a deputy for Meath West and is an ex Fane member and joins me ahead of a public meeting that he is hosting tomorrow night in Ballincollig. Good morning to you, Pater. Good morning. And thanks for joining us. Now, you left the Sinn Féin party at the time of the abortion referendum. And at that stage, you said you would like to set up a new party with the hope of Irish unity and indeed economic justice. So the meeting in Ballincollig tomorrow night, are you gathering support? Are you seeking out indeed what people here in the Cork area are looking for if you were to set up that new particular party? Yeah, well, I suppose I'm talking to you from Donegal here, first of all, this morning, where we had a meeting last night where over 270 people came along. Uh, and I'm heading towards Tyrone uh, this afternoon, where we'll meet in Oma, um, and we hope for a big crowd there. And then I'm in Cork, as you say, in the O'Reilly House Hotel in Ballincollig at, at 7.30 on Thursday night. And I suppose that the, the reason why we felt the need to set this new organisation up was there is a significant demand from people across the country. Many people are saying to us, many people from a Fianna Fáil background or a Sinn Féin background or the other political organisations are saying, you know, they've worked and laboured and gathered votes in those organisations for years and now they realise that the leadership of those uh, parties are now miles away from the membership on many issues. That the leadership are actually doing damage to their core values and that they, the leadership are bringing the party in a direction that's opposite to the direction that they want to go. Now, many of those members will, you know, because they've spent so much time in those organisations, will be slow to leave those parties. But what I would say to people is political parties are not social clubs. Political activism is far more important uh, than social clubs. People need to realign their own uh, politics to a political party that's closest to them. I think we're going through a moment of political realignment in Ireland. And, um, you know, we're seeing it with the level of of demand there is. 1,400 people 
have already signed up for us. We have nine uh, elected reps across the country who have already declared for us. Uh, and that actually puts us bigger than the Social Democrats who are on the go for about three years now. And we're on the only uh, on the go for six weeks. Um, and we'll soon, I believe, pass out the Green Party with regards to the number of elected reps that are coming to us. So it's um, a phenomenal level of energy, a phenomenal level of support, and there's a need there because most of the political parties now all occupy exactly the same space and time. There's a, in, uh, there's a uniformity uh, amongst political parties. There isn't a cigarette paper in the difference between uh, Lisa Chambers, Ruth Coppinger, and Louise O'Reilly. And indeed, you know, when you see Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael, Sinn Féin, and the hard left on exactly the same place, it asks you the question, where is the opposition? And that's what we hope to do. We, ha- we hope to create a, a, a real voice in Leinster House. Opposition isn't the enemy here. Respectful opposition is a necessary part of a functioning democracy. And that's what our political party hopes to do. And that's another reason why you left Sinn Féin. So you, when you mentioned Labour, Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael there, uh, when Labour, I suppose, was set up a lot, would say, for the working people and some who supported Labour and within Labour left because they felt it was changing the way that they were set up and maybe changing the way that, that they used to deal with their members in the past. Sinn Féin would use to the same. Mary Lou, do you think she's bringing the party in a different direction? So, And that's another reason you left Sinn Féin? I, I, I have no doubt that there's... It, it's amazing. When I'm in Leinster House, political parties are far happier to talk about the culture wars. So people from the far left to the Labour Party and even Sinn Féin, who should be parties of the uh, working people, they're far more happy to talk about things like abortion, etc., than actually focus on economic justice issues. Now, I'm not saying they don't talk about economic justice issues. They do. But they don't give it the priority that it needs. Now, there are 750,000 people currently on waiting lists for hospitals. There's 110,000 people who last year spent... When they dig it into the hospital, they spend the time on a trolley. There's 2,500 kids currently in the country who are waiting more than a year to meet with a mental health. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
And we notice about 300 people dying a year from hospital overcrowding. And then you add that to the 500,000 people who are in uh, housing distress and the 100,000 people who are working in poverty. And we see there's about 2 million people currently who were locked out of Leo Varadkar's uh, Ireland. And what we're saying is we need to crowbar those economic issues back up to the top of the political priorities because it's the bread and butter issues that are affecting people every day are the most important issues that we need to focus on. And that's what we as a party hope to do. And your party mentioned there the economic side of things and also Irish unity. If you listen to Mary Lou and indeed members of Sinn Féin over the last while, some may say they're offering similar. So what's the total difference of your party compared to your former party Sinn Féin? Well, I think Sinn Féin have missed a trick to a certain extent over the last number of years. Um, I've always been of the view that, yes, I, I would support a an Irish independence referendum, for sure. But I believe that the border is a wall of about a thousand blocks. Each one of those blocks is a real issue that's affecting people. So it could be a cross-border ambulance service, it could be a cross-border health service or a cross-border education service or an all-Ireland excise rate or corporation tax. Each one of those issues, if dealt with on its own, doesn't actually pose a threat to the unionist community but the convergence on both sides of the island on those issues radically improves the lives of uh, Catholic Protestants in the centre. But also it means that a United Ireland is easier because the wall is lowered and transition to that United Ireland uh, is, uh, is easier. I can't understand with all the talk of Brexit as well that the issue of the all-Ireland economy has been forgotten about. When the Good Friday Agreement was discussed first, um, everybody talked about the importance of the all-Ireland economy. Now nobody's talking about it. And if Simon Coven or Fine Gael or, or the establishment parties had a brain, they would actually realise that the all-Ireland economy is the best way to ameliorate the worst uh, crisis of Brexit because it means that we're actually setting up an economy that's functioning properly anyways on the island of Ireland and then Brexit won't be able to interfere with that. So I think there's two issues for example, the Sinn Féin haven't been strong enough and they, sh- they should be stronger on in the future. And we're not too sure what will happen yet with Brexit. I don't think the UK themselves even know what they're going to do. But uh, if it does happen that they there is going to be a crash out from the EU, uh, from the UK out of the EU, that is, uh, the unity of Ireland, do you think that will become a stronger issue and it could become a possibility because if the UK have no idea what they're doing and they do, we do have a hard Brexit, is, is that something that you think really will happen in this country despite all the changes and, and despite the different cultures in the North that that could actually happen here? Well, there's, there's, I think there's no doubt about it because I think, you know, I'm talking to a lot of people in the South and I'm talking to people from the Protestant community in the North, people who would have originally seen themselves as unionist and many of those people are actually shocked that my and your economic welfare, our ability to, to work in this country, to trade in this country, to do business, to travel in, in this country, is now dictated by the whims and the egos of Tories living in London who don't care a whit about Ireland in any way and actually don't know anything about the country whatsoever. And my view in all this is that self-determination is important because decisions made closer to the people are better decisions. They're decisions that people can influence and people can hold the decision makers to account. But when decisions are made by Tories with regards to Ireland, um, so we can't hold them to account or influence them in any ways whatsoever. 
So, you know, the issue of Irish unity is, is, is far higher on the agenda of people across the country at the moment. And you're also, in the north uh, at the moment. So sorry, Pat, but just as you're in the north at the moment, one question that we have to ask, and you mentioned the Tories there, do people in the north now feel that what has come out of Brexit, that London has forgotten about them? Because at one point, when you mentioned the border in Ireland, a lot of MPs in the UK kind of diss it and have forgotten about Northern Ireland. Some have been very straight out and have kind of just said, well, let, let's leave Northern Ireland to what they are doing. Uh, do the people in the North feel like that as you're you're heading to Tyrone today? I think the people in the North and the South of Ireland are slowly realising that London and the Tories don't care, don't understand, don't know anything about uh, the island of Ireland at all. And their decisions are made completely independent of any consideration for our economic well-being in Ireland. And that's a shocking thing because, like, two years ago we celebrated the 1916 Rising we, and, and this year we're celebrating uh, the start of the Tan War, where in 1918 people fought for independence and self-determination. And still, in Ireland, there are a big chunk of people whose self-determination is ignored. These people in the north of Ireland voted to remain. And the Good Friday Agreement was built on the idea of consent, that you know, no decisions could ever be made uh, with regard to the future of the North without the consent of the majority of people. And yet, the majority of people seek to remain, and London and the Tories are giving them the two fingers. And that has to end. We in Ireland simply need to be able to determine our future together. And for your own new party, I know you've got support uh, in the North. I think one councillor is joining your party from the SDLP here in the South. Have you got many who are existing members of parties who are going to join your new party, maybe from Labour or from either Fine Gael, Fine Fáil, or maybe Sinn Féin colleagues that you had? Well, are they going to join your party? First of all, we've had about 1,400 people who have signed up and those people are from a Sinn Féin background, some of them oh. from a Labour background. Uh, some of them from a uh, Fine Gael background. The, 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 the section of politics that I've been most interested in coming towards us in such numbers, and that's taken me surpri- by surprise, is actually the Fianna Fáil uh, people who are coming to us. They're coming to us at a rate. Their, their anger with Micheál Martin is palpable uh, at the moment. We have nine councillors, uh, or nine elected reps, I should say, who have declared for us already. Uh, we have um, Ida Cusson from Kildare, Ger Johan from uh, Cove, Seamus Morris from Tipperary, Jerry Ginty, Mayo, Sarah O'Reilly, Cavan, uh, Oliver Bryan and Brendan Thornhill from Wicklow, Rosemary Shields from Tyrone. So uh, we have people, we're, we're growing at such a rate that we're passing out other small parties at the moment and we haven't even fully registered yet. So what I'm saying to people is, if you're angered by the groupthink in this country, if you feel that all the political parties are the same in so many issues, if you feel that you have no voice in Leinster House uh, and if you're frustrated with the political situation. Don't disappear like the snow of the ditch. Don't have your head down. Don't spend your time just on Facebook. Reach out to us. Get involved. Change will not happen by itself. It'll only happen when citizens stand up for themselves. And that's what they're doing in their thousands at the moment. And obviously I'd hope for people to reach out to us by coming to this meeting in Ballincollig on Thursday night. And just to hear you there mention about the party, have you a name chosen yet for your political party? We have a name selected. Uh, we have our um, registration papers uh, sub, uh, submitted north and south. Uh, and we're going to wait until those papers have been processed before we actually um, we detail our the name in public. Because, you know, you know you've got to make sure that everything's done right uh, and you don't need any hostages to fortune 
in the future. So that's all uh, happening at the moment. We had our first Art Corea meeting there last uh, Saturday in Dublin. We had people, 40 people from all over the country uh, who are, I suppose, the most senior representatives we have in those counties there. And talking to about 30 different elected reps from different political parties at the moment. And it's funny, I spoke to one Fianna Fáil councillor and he said, you know, Pather, he said, at the start, Fianna Fáilers were, were worried about taking a risk in getting involved in your organisation. And he said, I was, I was talking to a Fianna Fáil councillor there recently. He said, it may come to a time that Fianna Fáil councillors will say, we'll be taking a risk by not getting involved in your organisation. And so people see the momentum behind us. They see the real need for this. They see the demand for it. And now it's time to get involved. And do you feel your biggest rival? Would that be maybe Labour or would it be your action fame? Um, I, I, to be honest, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to build a All-Ireland Republican organisation that's broad enough to fit people from Fianna Fáil background, Sinn Féin background, a Labour background and an FDLP background. But even the words you use there are very like something Sinn Féin would have said a few years ago. Well, un- unfortunately, like, you know, while there are many good people within Sinn Féin and I don't want to spend my time uh, clipping them on the ear uh, on radio, I do believe, in, and people in Sinn Féin will probably admit this, they have narrowed their base significantly over the last number of years. So, for example, people like myself, um, Carol Nolan, etc. People, I, I was in the party for 21 years. I, I poured my heart into the organisation and in, into its development. But it's clearly no space for people like myself in that organisation at all anymore. And all I'm saying to you is that, you know, when parties narrow in such a way, what happens is elected representatives are not empowered to think for themselves, to speak for themselves, uh, as they should. And what I'm trying to do is actually create a political party that great breaks that groupthink. So I, I would see in the Dáil, for example, every Thursday, TDs voting on bills. They don't know what's in the bill. They don't even know what the name of the bill is. And yet they're voting on the bill because they're doing what they're told by mm. the whip. Um, I see TDs who are looking at the leader of the party for brownie points and who are looking at their seat um, to, to keep it safe. But they have no eyes left to look at the constituents that they, they should be working for um, and you know I, I actually think that we need to develop a new type of politics a politics where a, a politician doesn't just stick their finger in the air to see which wind the way the wind is blowing but actually stands for, some, for something a politician that's not afraid to actually stand against the prevailing wind of their time to question the way things are groupthink is a dangerous thing and um, we're all we all owe 40,000 euros each due to the crash that happened in 2000 and part one of the ingredients of that crash was none of the politicians at the time had the backbone to shout stop you're driving the country over the cliff here you need to stop right now and in a way we're, we're back in that same space different issues but the same type yeah we're back there again when you look at housing and that type of thing and even if you look at the economy in Australia there's a downturn there what happens when the Irish from Australia come back here to Ireland and we are facing another hassle ourselves with our own property market uh, very finally for those of you who voted for you and maybe others who are joining your party what have your own constituencies, constituencies colleagues said and indeed those who voted for you uh, they probably voted for you maybe because you are from Sinn Féin or not or maybe they voted for you for a person but what's the lie of the land from those who are voting for people who are switching parties because you do get people who vote for political parties and then when someone leaves that party uh, many are upset they've left so what was that for you what did people say to you that voted for you with that had they mixed views or were they happy you left Sinn Féin There's no doubt that there's a mix of reasons why people vote for a particular candidate there's no doubt that some of those reasons are because of the political party that they're involved in Uh, there's no doubt it's because of the work that the candidate has done in the particular area but also 
the issues that the candidate stands for themselves. The issue that's becoming increasingly clear to me is that people simply want a, in their elected rep somebody that actually stands for something, somebody who has the backbone to actually uh, question the status quo and the establishment. You know, we're, we're entering a time in in, this, in 1950s Ireland. There was a shocking, uh, tight orthodoxy in Ireland where there was no tolerance for different views. In many ways, we're in a similar situation, but just in a mirror image. So that the, the the views are different, but that orthodoxy is is as tight, and the uh, the lack of tolerance is the same. And more now than ever, we need uh, political activists, grassroots activists stand up for what they believe in, to respectfully uh, get involved in the debate and to make sure that they have an Ireland they can be proud of. Well, you're holding that meeting tomorrow night, uh, Thursday, in the Oriola House Hotel in Ballincollig from 7.30. Everybody is welcome to attend there if they want to hear more about that new political party. For the moment, Pater, we wish you best of luck with it. You sound very passionate anyhow uh, about the work you were doing. So uh, for those interested, they can go along there tomorrow night to Ballincollig. For the moment, thanks for taking time out to chat to us today. Great stuff. Thank you very much. Appreciate it greatly. That's Palato being there uh, and his work that he he's a deputy for Meath West and what he is trying to do when you heard him there explain set up a new political party in Ireland. Your views are welcome. Do we need another new political party in this country? Do you think he is right? We need those who will stand aside uh, from the parties and the party whip. 1850 333 text or WhatsApp 086 2103103 and we're going to hear next why the Friends of Skibreen Hospital are fundraising for a bus for that particular hospital. They join us next. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 The Friends of Skibreen Hospital, they are looking to fundraise enough money to purchase a wheelchair accessible bus for their community hospital. Brendan Leahy joins me from the Friends of Skibreen Hospital. Brendan, good morning to you. Good morning, John Paul. First of all, this bus you're fundraising for, what are you going to use the particular bus for in connection with the hospital? I suppose a bit of the history, uh, John Paul was uh, a friend of ours um, died in the hospital last year and we were trying to figure out what's best we could do to honour his uh, memory on his anniversary and serve Skibbering Community Hospital at the same time. So we decided a purchase of a bus that would allow um, patients, um, how would I best say, accessibility to transport that they would if they needed to go to their appointments or needed to go to any clinics, or if they even, say, on a fine summer's day, just to get out and about and have a spin-out, that the bus would be available to them, while also serving the greater community as well. Then if you had a family member at home that needed to attend an appointment or a clinic or whatever, you didn't have the available transport to say that they were wheelchair-bound, they could come in, sign out the bus in, in Skibreen Hospital, take the bus, avail of the bus for the day or for the length of time they needed it and sign back in the bus at the end of the day. So it could be used for a numerous reasons, not only for the hospital yeah. but also for those in the community as well. And those appointments you speak about to bring them to other hospitals, would this include, for example, Bantry or CUH and those type hospitals? Anything at all that was necessitated where they needed access to a wheelchair bus. Now, Cancer Connect are a great organisation. They're very good. West Cork, uh, rural transport or, or um, the rural link bus is fantastic and this would just be another you know um, how another service or another service to complement all those but to really complement the 
patients, patients, everyone there that, you know, a simple thing and what really stuck home with us, the, the committee, was Christmas time. It would have been lovely for some of the patients that were able just to come down, see the switching on of the Christmas lights, see the town that they made so good that, you know, and the area they created, how it shines at Christmas and everything. Make them feel part of the community and stuff again, you know. Yeah, and that's good for their for not only for their health but their mental health as well to see exactly. what is going on outside the hospital. Uh, so because of this, you are holding a number of events to raise funds for this particular bus. Uh, what type of events have you done so far and what are you doing in the future to raise funds? I suppose we started with uh, a major event that surprised us all. We had a community flag day, which uh, John Paul uh, achieved in a, a massive amount, 5,680 euros which was a great attribute to the West Cork community and their source of or their level of charity and their level of giving. That was a massive start to a fundraising campaign. We had uh, local, uh, the local victims organised a tour of the 12 pubs. We have a table quiz um, on the 1st of February in the Tanyard Barn, Skibbereen, table of four, uh, 40 euros and spot prizes on the night. The 15th of February, we have a gala banquet, which I'm glad to say is sold out at the West Cork Hotel. Uh, we sold 200 t- 290 tickets for what's been called the real wedding. It's a wedding scene uh, of a comedy nature being played out, where people will have a good night's entertainment, music and crack, while enjoying the culinary delights of the West Cork Hotel. Cold sit-down meal. We are looking at maybe running like a second night of that, if if it proves popular. We have on the 1st of February as well, sorry, we, that's the table quiz, on the 15th of February is the gala banquet. The 10th of March, Mr. Stephen Bunting, uh, known as the Bullet, he's the 10th, uh, 17th in the world ranking of darts, former world champion, is playing an exhibition where people can pay so much to throw against them on Sunday the 10th of March from 6pm in any maze bound Skibbereen. Um, in April, the 10th of April, we have Monster Bingo on the West Park Hotel. The 15th of July, um, I think, is the Mizzen Atlantic Cycle, and we have approached him and hopefully will be included in their list of um, beneficiaries as well for, from their cycle. The same with the South Coast Atlantic Adventure Race. Um, we have approached him, and they have, I think, agreed to help us out as well as the local live club, um, which at the moment is bringing us full circle to our flight day in December 2019. But hopefully, as the way this is growing, then I'm sure there will be many more events in that time. I'm sure there will be. Our bus, our bus hopefully will come to fruition with the help of God, maybe, who knows, even before the summer of this year. Oh, that's, well, that's a good uh, target to have before. I thought you were going to say the end of the year, but before the summer is a good target to have. And have you drivers then for this bus if the bus does come before the summer? Uh, do you need to train people up or, or do they get special licenses or how will this work? No, we looked at both aspects, John Paul. We looked at getting uh, wheelchair accessible bus with that could get for three wheelchairs and oh, 16 seats like an army minibus. But that would require people having a C1 license and made us limited so we decided to go with a two wheelchair accessible one and a maximum of eight passengers so the ordinary everyday driving license will cover that so anyone can uh, actually come in and drive it uh, for 
people that will be on a regular basis, obviously, and if they're like the likes of myself, some members of staff within the HSE, we'll obviously be gathered and stuff. Mm. That would be the only um, criteria needed for, for criteria. that for, for people to drive the bus. Actually, driving license would be an advantage. Obviously, it would as well, yeah. yeah. And you'd yeah. be looking for, and I presume near the t- time, you were looking for people as well uh, yeah. to drive the bus uh, outside of those who are willing to do so I- within the hospital. For the moment, Brendan, well done. Great work there that you were doing uh, for Skibbereen Hospital. Hopefully that all comes off now and you do get the bus before the summer. And all those events you mentioned as well, you know, get them to us again and we'll advertise them for you near the date on our community diary as well here. But best of luck, Brendan. Thanks for joining us uh, this morning. Uh, that is Brendan Leahy there from the Friends of Skibbereen Hospital. And we'll advertise those events as well for them near those particular occasions they are holding the fundraise for that particular boss great initiative there by the gang in Skib 1850-333-103 lines open text or whatsapp 086-2103-103 a lot of calls and comments in regarding various issues we've spoken about this morning I'll get to those after midday plus we're also going to hear about concerns from farming groups on a TB outbreak and these are a number of TB outbreaks on farms in the mid and north Cork areas that are more to come after C103 news at midday next afternoon to you our lines are open. Bernie takes your comments across the afternoon. 1850-333-103. You can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Uh, shortly, we'll be discussing the concerns amongst farming groups about TB outbreaks on farms in the mid and north Cork areas. That's to come before one this afternoon, but a lot of comments. And first of all, uh, this is going back to calls we got yesterday about Tourist Nua. And this is the agency that has used the people who are on job seekers. They have to go to Tourist Nua and then they will try and put them on a suitable course or indeed try to hook them up with a suitable job but the majority of people have come back and said everything they offered them wasn't suiting to them and there was other areas or places nearby that would have suited better but they weren't offered that so and with that in mind, a lot of comments from people who have used Tourist New and, and saying that, you would have heard there were Barry on the news at midday uh, that the government is promising more schemes to get people off those who are long-term unemployed and getting those back to work. So not too sure what these new schemes will bring uh, because the current schemes, the Tourist New and SeaTech, seemingly up to €80 million Euros has been spent on those particular schemes. Some of your comments in from those who actually have used them. Uh, hi JP, I've got my own job myself as I was there three years and I did an internship for nine months. Three jobs came up in the place, all my qualifications, but I didn't get any. And the guy on the internship with no fee tech got the awards and got the job. I thought that if jobs come out of internships, you were meant to get them, says Anthony in Limerick, who has a job now, he's very happy. But his point is that he was at another job whereby he was on an internship initially from job seekers. And then when the jobs come up, he didn't get the actual jobs, even though he had his FaceTech awards given and everything, uh, he didn't get the job in that particular area. Another person on WhatsApp says uh, that Tourist Nua, I feel, is useless. I'm from the Duhallow area and the best they were offering me was a two-week placement in Limerick City. Uh, but nothing local, says that particular WhatsApper. And Brendan in Mallow uh, says he was referred to Tourist Nua. Now, they got him into a health and safety course in Newmarket and he did that and then he went on um, the next day with the particular course that he went on 
and I presume there was nothing came out of the particular course that you went on Brendan thank you for your call and that you do go into other details there that I'll have to check up to as, as well Brendan on your call um, regarding uh, the particular course but you felt anyhow overall uh, that you got nothing out of the particular course you got no job out of the course and Brendan says himself he he had to himself then go and get a job without any help from anybody uh, in Tourist Nua so not happy as well with Tourist Nua another caller says I was also with a Tourist Nua they were putting me on various courses for various things uh, and yes some of the course one course I did was very interesting but I got nothing out of it by job wise uh, but I felt then when I went back to Tourist Nua looking for employment if they could help me I just felt the help wasn't there and they kept referring me to various courses in the end though I got a job myself from a course they put me on so for me the course did work but job wise they weren't really that much helpful uh, says that particular caller it's 1850 I also spoke with uh, Pat O'Tobin there who is a TD for Mead West he is a former Sinn Féin member he left Sinn Féin and now is uh, setting up his own party and there's uh, two main aspects to his party Irish unity and economic justice and on that a lot of calls in on new parties first of all somebody and WhatsApp saying all good to start a new party and if this does get off the ground I hope they work for the whole country not just Dublin if they want votes they need to look at rural Ireland as this part of Ireland is always left on the long finger and they're not going into politics to feather their own nests is that says that person and also Bill and Ken Turk do the government think we're all fools there will be no take for a new political party they will just have a f- bits of every other party in this new party so basically it will be nothing says Bill in Ken Turk and John and McCroom says we badly need a new political party in this country the crowd we have tell us what they are going to do and then they do nothing the Minister for Agriculture said we need new blood in farming as we will run short of food if the government are to continue forking out €275 per acre in grants for planting forests then where are we going to grow food says John and McCroom and while James Imbrury on the existing government says that Leo Varadkar he feels is not spending enough time in the UK to assure a good deal for Ireland. He went to Europe but he should be talking to our nearest neighbour. They are our biggest trading partner after all, says James in Brewery. And Jur asking when he was listening to our interview with Pater Tobin, anybody know whatever happened to Peter Casey the recent presidential candidate says Gerald he was very open to joining politics maybe even setting up his own political party not too sure how that has gone for him so far uh, we haven't heard much from him in the last while but he was doing supposed to anyhow do something similar to Pat Tobin either into politics with another party or maybe go as an independent or set up his own uh, but nothing yet from him on if he has set up his own party and we also spoke earlier uh, regarding what's happening in the north when uh, Heidi WhatsApp us regarding the those who are sitting, well, are not sitting at the Northern Ireland Assembly now, but they're still getting paid from the Assembly. And Heidi felt that if those politicians were not paid, I wonder how long would it be until they go back to the Assembly in Stormont and work for the people of Northern Ireland with everything going on at the moment with Brexit and all of that. Well, John uh, texted earlier, he says Sinn Féin members don't take their Seat. Uh, and I thought you were on about Stormont, John, because that's what we were discussing. But you said you were on about uh, Westminster, that Sinn Féin members don't take take their seat there in Westminster and still get paid, uh, says John on text. Well, on that, John, you are right to a certain degree. Uh, just reading here on the Irish Central, 
Uh, they're uh, a news site uh, for the UK, uh, a big news site in the UK and indeed in the US for Irish people living there. And you are right, they are still getting funds from the uh, British Parliament despite not taking their seats. But Sinn Féin candidates who do become MPs and then obviously won't take the oath uh, of allegiance to the Queen, uh, that means that no MP can speak or vote in Parliament without having taken the oath and also they can't draw a salary. So uh, even though Sinn Féin are elected by the people on the ground, they are then not taking the oath, which means that then they can't have a, a vote or speak or indeed they can't draw a salary. What they can do though is that they can claim expenses and there was something passed a number of years ago I think it was in 2001 or between 2006 around that time anyhow whereby even though they were not in Westminster they still were able to claim expenses and indeed claim public funds in order to hire staff to carry out work in their constituency Uh, so even though they're not getting paid they are still claiming expenses and at one point in 2017 Sinn Féin members claimed 1.4 million uh, dollars this says so I presume it was roughly similar uh, over a million pounds or over a million euros anyhow in expenses um, despite refusing to set into the UK Parliament they did still uh, claim expenses from Westminster and that was changed in around one when new rules came in and the reason they're allowed to claim expenses is so that they can actually hire staff and carry out work within their constituency. I know a number of deputies in the North have been asked about this and one of those was Pat Doherty and he said he's in Tyrone and he said that Sinn Féin are mandated to represent people and therefore are entitled to this particular money in way of claiming expenses. Uh, He said that they make it very clear at elections they will not take their seats at election time. If anything, he says, Sinn Féin MPs are discriminated against as they do not receive their salaries from Westminster. So John, that's uh, you're right on that. They don't receive salaries but they do receive expenses so even though they don't go there uh, they still receive the money from Westminster. Westminster. John, thank you for your text on that and on that Tim uh, says that regarding the DUP and indeed Stormont Martin McGuinness walked first. Arlene should have been forced out because of the burning of wood pellet scheme. The MLAs have about two thirds of the salary. Most northern farmers uh, the most northern farmers are DUP members and are getting a sense of that they want to remain either in the EU or have a common sense soft border says Tim and I think you, I would agree with you there I think most farmers would either want one or the other because a lot of farms in the north are split down with the border split down the middle so some of your land is in Northern Ireland and some is in the Republic thank you Tim for your text on that uh, yesterday we were speaking about Christmas and this came from an email we had from Annette who was in our local town over Christmas and just saw one crib and she thinks Irish people are getting too materialistic and also when it comes to St Patrick's Day we're all about leprechauns rather than about what should be the celebration of St Patrick's Day well on that and the Christmas side of things a texter saying good morning or good afternoon at this stage John Paul listening to the comments yesterday about those Christmas traditions and indeed what we put up and don't put up uh, we are very we are a very educated race compared to our much wiser ancestors. I don't understand why people were complaining about Christmas traditions. Christmas is a celebration of the birth of Jesus, which makes the crib central to Christmas. 
what are the people that don't want religious objects portrayed celebrating so says that particular texter and the wheelchair bus we spoke a while ago for Skibreen Hospital they are fundraising for their particular wheelchair bus on that Noreen was in touch asking does anyone know where you can hire out a wheelchair accessible car bus to take a patient out for a day please at the nursing home that this person is in doesn't have a suitable vehicle and the only places I've come across are in Dublin which means I would have to go up there to collect it and then return it again so have we any help for Noreen do you know where you can hire out a wheelchair accessible car bus and obviously that you can hire out one I presume Noreen you have the uh, standard car driving licence so that she can drive you don't need some parts of your driving licence you need another part of that or to do another test you can drive a bus so if you can hire one out whereby your existing driving licence will cover you to drive that particular car bus like what they are doing at Skibberine. So can anybody help out Noreen with that where you can rent a wheelchair accessible car or bus she wants to take a patient out for a day please but all she can find or she can come across anyhow is the places to do that in Dublin but is there some place here locally in the Cork area where she can uh, hire out a wheelchair accessible car or bus let us know 1850 and another text in just came in towards the end of our chat with Brendan Leahy from the Friends of Skibbereen Hospital someone asking uh, would the bus be able and be available to patients in the surrounding areas to be picked up yes he did say that it would be open to the entire community so why it is for uh, the community involved and within Skibbereen Hospital they are open to taking others from the community to various appointments as well he did mention that uh, towards the start of the interview some of your calls and comments to us thank you for those keep them coming 1850 103. I have more coming in and a lot of comments we didn't get to yesterday I'll try and get to those before one on various issues but just going back to our conversation earlier uh, we had on the McCroom bypass and one texter from Cork City texts in regarding that McCroom needed more cafes and, and, and more shops and more variety I suppose of shops and cafes and felt that the town was slowly dying uh, and I just felt that, that there was a lot of cafes a lot of offering in the town of McCroom uh, this uh, Cork City listener back on saying I don't agree with you on the cafes one of the cafes has recently closed about three to four months ago and also at least three shops have closed and the Briary Gap is going to be out of action for the next two years and the bus station is in an awful condition in McCroom this doesn't give you a very good first impression to visitors says that particular uh, listener in Cork City yeah and you're right the bus station we've discussed that at length before in the show it is in a bad condition and they are working to have that done up in the next while and I agree it doesn't give a a good first impression I wasn't aware about one of the cafes closing I know there is businesses and shops going I wasn't aware about a cafe but overall uh, for a town the size of McCroom I just think there is a, a good selection there of cafes if you go from the square area uh, and down one of the other side streets there is cafes there I presume you, you just want more of a variety of cafes and, and you're entitled to have that but over I, I think for a town the size of McCroom uh, it is overall I feel doing well it's a busy town and it seems to be even though businesses are closing as the, the councillor Ted Lucy said earlier that means the need to attract new businesses to come into the town and hopefully with the bypass as well and people will come back shopping from the localities of Lizarda and Ballyvory Ballymakira and maybe those businesses will come around once again uh, and I think overall McCroom 
is a good vibrant town and I, and I would hope maybe that over time there will be uh, more cafes and more shops opening in the area and let's be positive about the whole area of the Lee Valley I lived there for a few years so I, I know the place well so I, I do uh, I think it has a lot to offer and hopefully with the bypass more will be on offer for the town of McCroom anyhow thank you for your text uh, you can call us as well 1850 the C103 Cork Diary with the Wellbeing Network learn give be active take notice and connect See the wellbeingnetwork.ie. Bingo is taking place in Union Well, no, it's not. Bingo was due to take place this evening in Union Hall Community Hall, but that is now being cancelled due to a local bereavement. So no bingo tonight in Union Hall. And the Irish Blood Transfusion Service, they will hold a blood donor clinic that's going ahead in the Riverside Park Hotel this evening from 5 to 8.30pm. That's the Riverside Park Hotel in McCroom uh, this evening from 5. And a charity Zumbathon will be held in Fermoy Community Centre. And that's going ahead from 2 to 5 on this coming Saturday proceeds in aid of Chronic Pain Ireland and the Ross O'Donovan 10 year memorial truck run that's going to be held this coming Saturday in aid of the West Cork Rapid Response you can register at the Bandon GEA pitch at 10.30am and at 12.30pm they roll out so you're asked to please come along and support them along the route Just on Tourist New and what we've been discussing there over the last while and this all goes back to what we got calls on yesterday and now making news this morning even though people yesterday were unhappy with tourists new at this morning now. Uh, we are hearing the government is promising more schemes to get people who are long-term unemployed back to work. The new live register figures show over 700 people have been on the dole for more than 20 years. Uh, that's roughly over 8,000 people have been unemployed for more than 10 years. That's despite all these particular schemes brought in which we heard earlier, Tourist Nua and SeaTech are costing and have been invested from the government. Uh, 80 Over 80 million euros gone into both those particular schemes and many that have availed them weren't happy with those particular schemes but seemingly a new plan next month will aim to get jobs for these particular people even though a lot of people that we've speak, spoken to over the last two days aren't happy especially with tourists new well on this a texter here Ina who says when you go back to these scandals first of all and the fiasco of Foss and Mary Harney and the issue about the time about expense of her hairdo and then other courses that were uh, brought in back in the 90s and early 2000s a lot of these things like Tourist Nua these have been devalued in the eyes of employers generally as courses for dull merchants then you look at the then technical colleges uh, and now of course you have CIT and also uh, you have a lot of the secondary schools offering courses in the evenings a lot of these courses align to various colleges across the country so when you look at those courses on the other hand you are seeing to be doing and people going to those courses are seen to be really seeking work I and others did a false computer course to Microsoft level and also did a store forklift and a health and safety to level 6 whereas most of my friends who did similar courses either in a technical college or in one of the secondary schools whereby they offer those courses in the evening or maybe in the courses you see there in the evenings near CIT as well all of those type institutions when this person and their friends did those particular courses um, with the help of the other instructors they actually did find employment so is that the route to go those particular courses offered in the evenings by secondary schools and indeed by some third level colleges as well are they 
the way to go uh, to go down that particular route because this person found employment going that way rather than going on the other courses and feels some of those courses we have spoken about this morning that from an employer's point of view uh, they just generally feel their courses for dull merchants according to this particular texter on 0862 103 103 we'll have to wait and see what the new plan is for next month that the government will say uh, will aim to get jobs for these people who remain on social welfare. Now yesterday as well uh, when we were discussing the issue of taxi fares one person texted in he was getting a taxi uh, from Mallow Town to the Mallow, Mallow Primary Healthcare Centre. The taxi uh, would have he had only five euro in his pocket the taxi man said that uh, the cost is six euro and refused to take him because of a euro and that particular caller was not happy that he was refused because he didn't have the right money uh, and now I was putting it down to taxi men you know taxi fares whatever they had to be paid for and you know a taxi company or a taxi if you're a one man show with a taxi you still have to pay all your uh, diesel costs petrol costs NCT and all of that that goes with it so from their point of view if the fare is 6 euros the fare is 6 euros uh, but that person had only 5 euros went to another taxi and that person took them to the uh, primary healthcare centre in Mallow for five euros. I was making the point to that person was yesterday that how could a taxi person leave uh, a man left on the street and a sick person without taking them to the primary healthcare centre? Uh, so on that, got a text in after the show that says, "I don't think it's unfair that the first taxi driver wouldn't take the man to the Mallow primary healthcare centre for five euros. This happens all the time. The driver is down one euro this trip. It could be two euros the next trip or more. People constantly want their taxi." for less money and don't want to pay their metre fare yet they'll go to the shop the pharmacy or the pub or the takeaway and have no problem paying the price they're asked for the taxi is the last port of call at night and on this occasion the spin to the Mallow Primary Healthcare Centre will take at least 15 minutes he's going out there for 5 euro and coming back empty and queuing again on the rank when he comes back taxi's insurance is on the average 4,000 euros a year you'll do some amount of 5 euro fare to make up that particular money not to mind diesel, NCT vehicle suitability and a lot more look at the bigger picture for a change says that particular taxer, uh, texer when it comes to taxis and the cost of running taxis and the cost of taxis fares so do you agree with that person who has come in with some knowledge um, regarding the fares and taxis fares and the reason why a taxi person would refuse the fare even if it is down to just one euro uh, lines open 1850 text or whatsapp 0862103103 now there's been f- several and serious high-profile TB incidents across the county over the last number of weeks in the Mid and North Cork areas and because of that the ICMSA have come together to schedule a meeting to be held in the Castle Hotel in McCroom on this coming Thursday at 7.30pm to discuss this particular issue. I'm joined now on the line uh, by Morris Walsh from the ICMSA. Good afternoon to you, Morris. Good afternoon, John Paul. Uh, and thanks for joining us. Uh, this particular issue that is going on at the moment, and this outbreak affecting the Mid and North Cork areas, do we know why this outbreak has taken place? I know locally a lot of people are questioning the increase in deer population. I mean, could this be a link to the problem? Uh, look, yes, certainly uh, we're not denying that deer could be an issue here, John. Look, we really don't know where we stand with this terrible disease that's now seemed to be hovering over uh, the Irish farming industry with the last 50 years or more. Um, there's several aspects, uh, John Paul, that could be a problem at, at, uh, of what's causing this. But it's time that, you know, the government now steps up and 
eradicate this problem once and for all. Um, look, we can point a finger at several different ways, um, but look, it's still there, but uh, it needs now to be nipped at the bud because of, of, of what's happening. And like in, in the last, what, four or five months, it just seems to be an epidemic of, of, of the disease breaking out. You mentioned uh, the North Cork and West Cork areas. Um, farmers, unfortunately, being totally depopulised. Uh, spoke to one man yesterday who was heartbroken. He's a uh, hundred herd cows had to be, just a week before Christmas, of uh, the timing, how could be it so wrong, had to be totally depopulated. We don't know, John Paul. That's why this meeting, uh, this urgent meeting, probably you could call it, uh, has been set up tomorrow night in McCroom. Um, we've got uh, two members of the Department of Agriculture and Food. We've got a Mr. Owen Ryan, who is a senior veterinary inspector, and uh, Mr. Cullum Ford is a principal officer, uh, also with the Department of Agriculture and Food. Now, we met with these guys last, probably October, and they, they had been appointed to this specifically by the Department of Agriculture and Food. They're relatively two young lads, and they're up now to get this problem sorted for once and for all. So you mentioned there about the eradication programme by 2030 and the surging deer numbers. If this is a problem, what can you expect to be done? Is it a case you just shoot the deer or, or, or cull the deer like was done in numerous years ago? Yeah. Because if you look at the situation and where uh, the outbreak has occurred, a lot of the areas of Mid and North Cork, there will be deer population there. There is. No, we, we're not blaming the deer on its own. The badger is an issue there as well and, and probably other wildlife as well. We've no problem with deer and we've no problem with badgers if the government come on like they did with probably in the UK and, you know, vaccinate these uh, animals because like they have a role in, in, in rural Ireland as well and we're not all down against all uh, wild animals. But, like, okay, you mentioned deer. Deer is a problem definitely in the North Cork area and I know just mentioning my own area around the Arigland direction and all that kind of area of North Cork and unfortunately in the weeks before Christmas, um, it's the badger that's been blamed for the break outbreak of TB, uh, specifically in around the Kildare Glanworth area. Then we could go further afield down to West Cork in the McCroom area, which this meeting is on tomorrow night. They are blaming the badger down there. So we don't know. And this is where the big question mark comes over. Now, as I mentioned already, the Department of Agriculture and Food um, has been on this for the last 50 years. And it's time now, like, they said, OK, the new forum has been set up and they've listed that 2030 will be the cut-off date that this dreadful disease will be eradicated totally. But that's not 100 years ago or 100 years to go. This is only a decade left to get the problem sorted and it's, it's not sorted, John. Yeah, and it's just on the issue of TB, it's a lot of anxiety among the farming community because of these various breaks out. And are farmers worried that it may spread to other farms? I mean, do we know if farmers have been put out of business without going into names or indeed areas where farmers have basically had to shut down because of this outbreak? Yeah, absolutely. They have been, um, as I mentioned already, before Christmas and, and uh, farms totally wiped out. Even one farmer, unfortunately, his dog had to be tested for the dreadful disease. That's, that's how serious it's gone now. So, like, what's causing it? Why is it there? These are all the questions that can be asked tomorrow night in McCroom and also questions can be answered as well by the department officials as well. So I'd encourage, please, to all farmers, if you have been affected or if you have not been affected, because remember, John Paul, this disease can spread over a large area yeah. very quickly. And, I, like, it, it, it needs to be definitely 
you know, sorted at this stage. Because I have a lot of texts I know from various farmers in various areas who are aware that it's in the area and just wondering what prevention method they can take because if they know that it's in a particular farm nearby, the fear is that this could spread or indeed if it is a badger or a deer that's spreading that, that one of, uh, maybe the badger that is, might enter their farmyard. Uh, that's just some of the concerns I'm getting now here in the last few minutes since we started this conversation, Morris. I mean, how do you, I suppose, ease the fears of farmers if indeed even following this meeting there is someone nearby who they're aware that their farm and that animals on their farm has TB? Yes, indeed. And that's that's the reason why this meeting has been set up. And why, why Cork? Because remember, John Paul, Cork County has the more densely populated of bovine animals in the country. Remember, the stats are there. 25% of every milk production is produced out of the county of Cork. Another stat for you. Produces more milk than Ulster and Leinster put together, County Cork does. So you can see where the vast numbers of dairy herds are situated in the country. And County Cork is that county. So definitely farmers need to attend this meeting because it is a big issue. If your neighbour or your neighbour beyond that, whatever the case may be, has, has a breakout of TB, they're at a high risk. A badger can travel up to 11 miles or 11 kilometres in any one given night. So like they can cover a large area. And again, I'm not blaming the badger or the deer or whatever. They can work away in the wildlife of Ireland. If the government now comes out, and I, I urge Mr. Michael Creed, I hope that he'd have a representative maybe listening to this programme, John, that he would maybe attend this meeting tomorrow night or, or at least give a response on it because it's time that this disease, after 50 years with the Department of Agriculture and Food, now can be eradicated. Have you invited Michael Creed to attend because McCroom is his yeah. own hometown? Yes, we have, absolutely. And, and, and as I mentioned already, a large outbreak within his hometown before Christmas. And uh, so we have encouraged and, and hopefully that he will attend. We haven't given an answer yet. But having said that, the, op- the open opportunity is there for him to attend. But all farmers, please, if you have been affected, obviously attend. If you haven't, also attend because it's at your doorstep and it needs to be wiped out, John. Interesting to hear there that uh, Ireland or uh, that Cork even is one of the biggest suppliers of milk across the country. It would make it as big when you could look at the big employers here in the Cork area. It makes the dairy industry one of the biggest for Cork. And with that in mind, if this outbreak continues and if you find it hard to cull deer or indeed to deal with a particular situation, how do farmers react to this then? If it is a situation that the outbreak continues, I mean, how can you think you can stop this particular outbreak? Is, is there a way around this? Yes, there's certainly ways around it. And, the, uh, you know, even going back to our, our fellow farmers in the UK, they've come upon this as well. These are all questions that could be asked tomorrow night by Mr. Owen Ryan will answer them and Colin Ford. I mentioned already, they're very approachable lads. And they are more anxious to get this sorted and get rid of, eradicate it, use whatever word you want, by before 2030. These are all questions that can be answered and asked tomorrow night, JP. And very finally, just a few texts coming into us on this. First, a person, a farmer, I presume, who wants to know, would it be safe to buy silage from a farmer who is going out of business, a depopulated farmer? Look, listen to me. I'm not going to. I'm not. I'm not going to answer these questions because these are up to the lads tomorrow night to answer these questions. Um, I am not going to answer it, but I presume that it will be answered. Uh, that question could be asked tomorrow night, and that the answer could be given as well. Uh, so again, tomorrow night in McCroom, in the hotel uh, that uh, the Castle Hotel in McCroom at seven thirty tomorrow night. I'd encourage again, please, to be all attend and make sure that uh, you know we are out there with our numbers. 
and again that we can get this eradicated as quickly as possible and the experts will be there tomorrow night so they'll know exactly if something like that should be done or not if someone should buy silage enough from a farmer who has been affected they'll have the expert advice on that Okay, well uh, best of luck with that meeting tomorrow night uh, Morris and thanks for joining us hopefully this situation can be sorted and as you say everybody including the deer and the badger have a place in Irish wildlife so it's trying to work around uh, and make sure everybody is happy in the wildlife front Uh, for the moment Morris thank you for joining us this afternoon that's Morris Walsh there from the ICMSA regarding that issue of TB outbreaks right across the county particularly in the mid and north Cork area a lot of calls and comments and on various issues we'll try and get to as many as we can before one o'clock just two that have come in here if we can be a help first of all to someone who says do you know of any organisation that are collecting milk tops of two or three litre milk bottles any idea if you know or cartons even anybody who collects milk tops of two or three litre milk cartons uh, this person has a full bag of them and is willing to donate to any organisation that might be doing that and also does anybody know where they are taking artificial Christmas trees now maybe some recycling centres there but I'm not 100% so if anybody knows where artificial Christmas trees are being taken we'll check that out here too in the meantime and Joan was in touch and this wants to do with what we discussed yesterday on uh, a guy who was in contact with us was at a funeral and while leaving the funeral or going to the funeral the guardie were breathalyzing people to and from the funeral he felt it was very disrespectful well, Joan and Ken Turk says people who are driving to and from pubs are getting away with this, but it seems the people who have a range of their transport on the night are then being penalised for driving the next morning. That's how Joan and Ken Turk feels about the drink driving situation at the moment in this country. And Anne in North Cork was in touch, and this is regarding television, especially repeats on TV and especially repeats on RTE, she says. The other night, the Brennans were on again on their tour programme, and the guard design show was also repeated and then they were showing ads within those programmes for paying your TV licence but Anna North Cork wants to know what are we paying our TV licence for when every time she switches on her TV uh, she's seeing repeats of programmes that were aired a year or two ago. Uh, would you agree with Anne on that? 1850-333-103 Cork today on C103 Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment 86 103 On the issue of TB outbreaks across the mid and north Cork areas a texter saying a lot of farmers suspect TB is spreading due to badgers and deer being disturbed and getting disease as a result of their larges being torn apart by wind farm constructions that they take to move miles to a new area as a result of this particular disturbance while Dermot who's from the West Cork ICSA says that there was deer shot in Barangiri last week some were not worth taking as they were full of TB so it is definitely the deer that is causing this says Dermot while Bill in Carrigtool believes the cattle are giving TB to the wild animals the wild animals are spreading it as they are moving around there is too much intensive farming going on and too many cattle kept in close quarters for too long says Bill in Carrigtool on the issue of the TB outbreak across the mid and north Cork areas and on the television repeats that Anna North Cork was raising a while ago Tom in Rathcormack feels that the programme Ireland's Fittest Family that it was on every evening over the Christmas and indeed uh, he feels it's on too much over the Christmas period not too sure was that a new one or a repeat if it was a new one I suppose they're entitled to do that 
if it was a repeat well then it just adds to Anne's comments of more repeats uh, Tom Fields TV adverts are also far too long well uh, I know RTE get the licence fee but they also take revenue in from the TV adverts and only for uh, TV adverts especially uh, for the likes of well it's only Ireland's commercial TV channel and that's what was TV3 now Virgin Media only for TV adverts Virgin Media wouldn't exist because the TV and sponsorship pay for Virgin Media and I presume RTE would have the similar argument that even though they get the licence fee they do need revenue from TV adverts to keep the whole thing going so only for the TV adverts there would be no television station similar for local radio only for sponsorship and advertising it wouldn't exist that's how uh, money is made anyhow thank you for your uh, call on that Tom in Rathcormark to 1850 and another texter here asking just wondering where Patricia is is she sick or still on holidays no Patricia uh, is on her winter break and Patricia will return on the show on next Monday
It's the Arithmetics at C103. I know earlier we had a caller texting from Noreen looking to know is there anywhere where she can hire a wheelchair accessible car or bus in the Cork area? She can only find a place in Dublin. And Noreen, if you're listening, there is a new company have started out in Buttevant and they do hire out buses or cars for wheelchair users. You can contact them on 022 41577. So hopefully uh, they will be helpful to you. That's it from us today. My thanks to Bernie Murphy who produced Joy Your Wednesday Afternoon. We'll chat again tomorrow from 10 a.m. with Cork Today. I'm John Paul McNamara. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.